The following episode of The Trash Heap has been paid for by the Kronos Corporation. Kronos, definitely not aliens. Hey guys, welcome to The Trash Heap. This is the show where we give love to garbage movies. I'm Elliot Greenman. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Keith Vance. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, you nerds? And we have a guest host today, Francis Greet. How are you, Francis? Good. Today, we're watched, uh, we watched a movie called A Giver. This is a movie about a, a sexually transmitted alien suit of armor, right? Pretty much, yeah. So, I never... I was aware of this movie, but you're a big fan of this, Keith, right? Yeah, I like movies where people who don't know martial arts get... (laughs) Get to do martial arts. Someone gives them a present that gives them superpowers, and they automatically learn how to do martial arts. Um, uh, Yeah, I had never seen this... I was aware of this movie's existence, but... Wow, this is uh, is quite the movie. Uh, Yeah, Francis, have you ever heard of anything like this before in your life? Yeah... I mean, it it reminded me a lot of the Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. So that's... But I've never heard of this movie. The Power Rangers was originally a Japanese television show before it was an American show. And the director of this... One of the... There's two directors of this movie, but one of the directors of this movie later went on to direct several episodes of the American Power Rangers. Mm. So there is a big a yeah. big connection there. Well, full circle. Um, this, is, this is Mark Hamill's sci-fi follow-up. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Star Wars. Now, Mark Hamill, is he the star of this movie? They make it, the movie box certainly makes it seem like it, where it's like half his face, half the mask of this Giver suit unit kind of morphing into each other, and it says Mark Hamill is the Giver. But he is actually has a pretty small, relatively small role. He is the best actor in He's this movie, He's the best movie, actor though. in the movie, yeah. The acting in it. And how about his oh. mustache? It's the, the bio-boosted mustache. The bio-boosted dad mustache. All I can think... He should have had that mo- mustache in Star Wars because all I can think of now is Luke Skywalker with that stash. That would have been the perfect way to show his rise to Jedi prominence. Right. Because you, you don't get the full Obi-Wan beard right away. First, you have to start no. with the, yeah, with the start dad with stash. The also, uh, another little... This is, has really nothing to do with the movie, but did anyone notice his shirt in this movie? I usually picture him without a shirt, so well, I one, that didn't register. He's wearing for me. like he's wearing like super high pants and kind of a jacket that's like a half trench coat, but not like it's like a kid's trench coat that he's wearing. But his shirt has I didn't notice it's the I watched this movie twice in preparation for this, and the first time I didn't notice it, but his shirt has a butt flap like right. It's like backwards pajamas. Yeah, it's like he's wearing like a onesie pajama with the butt flap in the front. On his stomach. It's odd. Oh, do you think that he has a uh, some kind of a conjoined twin scenario happening where he's got to open the flaps yeah, that so that really they can... That would have been really great for um, that or he just, Recall. That or he just... Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> I didn't quite have that. <laughs> just hello. That would, so it's either that or he just like poops out of his belly button. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, for, okay. For those of you who don't know what this movie's about... Which is probably 99% of people. Uh, <laughs> I watched the movie... And I'm still not sure. But there's an opening credits uh, title scroll. Very reminiscent of Star Wars. You think, which a lot of stuff in here is reminiscent of Star I think Wars. Mark Hamill probably demanded there be an He's opening like, scroll. He's like, I can only be in movies if you explain what's going on with words. 
So, Thea, there's 50 different Star Wars callbacks just worked into his contract. Yeah. He's like, we have to make that connection, otherwise people won't know it's me. This mustache is too much of a disguise. So the opening, <laughs> the, the opening scroll of this movie uh, sort of describes the plot where millions of years ago, an alien race called the Zolanoids... That is the coolest word it's, to pronounce. It's pretty good, yeah. Just, just stop for a second, everybody, and say that word slowly to yourself. And if that's not the most fun you've ever had talking, then there's no hope for you. Let's give them a second. One okay, second. Okay, dead air. It, just for them to say it. There you go. Do you all say it? Think that is yes. Anyway, the Zolanoids come to Earth, and they create the ultimate biological weapon. Because Earth was barren. Barren. There was nothing there's there. There's nothing here. Nothing there. So, the so why did they need a weapon? No, I think this was just kind of using it as like a work. Earth was a workshop. Oh, they created humans. The Zolanoids right. created humans. Right. That was the ultimate, the ultimate biological weapon was humans. Yeah, but what gets kind of confusing is they created humans, but then they also created humans that could transmorph. They mutated the human. Right, but did they create the human or did they create the human mutant? Because now on Earth, well, yeah, well, so what was the point? I don't know. Right. Like, right. So what you're saying is the backstory of this movie is the origin of us all. Right. Yes. But Jesus then, Christ was so a Zolanoid. Yeah, this is a Bible story. Yeah. That I kept thinking about that. Like, if they created all... It doesn't... It's have, just I, odd. I feel like there's also a part maybe Nature later. doesn't always have to come out to the perfect math or logic. Sometimes... Because it never happens. Life just happens, as life they say. finds a way? Yeah, exactly. They call that the Goldblum principle. <laughs> anyway, so the, the, the aliens, they eventually decided to leave Earth... And they left, accidentally left, the Giver unit, which is uh, a biomechanical suit that fuses with its wearer. And for, if you're a Zolanoid... Super, super powerful. No, if you're a Zolanoid, it's just a regular suit of armor for you. But it... Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. You're a regular suit of armor. But if you're a human and you put it on, then it gives you super No, I thought it was that if a human put it on, it gave you superpowers. If a Zolanoid put it on, it was like, whoa, holy moly. No, it was really just strong. a super, a regular super I think arm. you're wrong about that. I've watched this opening scroll twice. Well, here's the thing, though. If you watch The Giver 2, Dark Hero, mm -hmm. uh, the whole plot is that there's a Zolanoid Giver, and it's sick as hell. Is he more powerful? Yeah. Than the oh, regular yeah. Giver? Yeah, he kicks the Giver's ass. I'm telling you, that's what. That's why they want it so bad. I don't know. The Giver is put into a position no. where he's got to dig down deep and find the will to survive against a vastly superior enemy. But that's it's not, incredible. The, the, it's not the Zolanoids that want it. It's the Zolanoids human hybrid uh, transmorphers that want it. The Zolanoids are gone. There is that guy. There is that guy who's the Zola Lord, but he's not a Zolanoid. Okay. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Hey, basically, what you watch this movie too many times, so he's reading too deep into it. They are. They're all. All the monsters are zoonoids. They are aliens. Yeah, yeah. They're they all never zoonoids. left. They never left. Yeah. So they're Did aliens. Did you watch this movie twice? <laughs> they transform into. Uh, so they're they're men. They're uh -huh. like men, and then they transform into the zoonoid form. So they're not the ultimate biological weapon then. Zolanoids? No. The, the, Humans the, the Giver is. That's why they want the Giver, because if a Zolanoid, or whatever they're called, wears it, they're super, super powerful. Anyway, I think what we're all getting at is that you guys are all wrong, and this... Either way, though... I think we're getting at the fact that you are wrong. This plot doesn't make any sense. It doesn't... It does if 
Keith and I are explaining I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to go watch this, this, this opening scroll a third time. Well, here's and then the on thing. the next episode. Regardless of what the movie may attempt to communicate, I have such a vast and rich knowledge of Zoan, Zoanoid history and culture that I just understand. Okay, so the, where the movie's lacking you. I'm just educated okay. in the ways that the Zoanoid. Zoanoid okay, yeah. okay, so anyway, regardless. You might say I'm a Zoa Lord. So yeah, anyway, so then these... You might. So then the, the, the drama of the movie is the Zoanoid Lord. The real drama of the movie is dating. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's so a, it's the a foibles of human relationships are on field. full display here. So I didn't know that this was a Japanese comic book. Yes. Before yeah. I watched it. Um, so I was really kind of confused about how much Japanese culture was in the beginning of it. Like, I didn't know why they were doing Aikido in the beginning and why there was, I, I just, it was, it seemed confusing to me. I was like, is this just another 80s movie about? It seemed out of place because the movie is set arts. where? Los Angeles. So LA. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And it's, yeah. And it, but it's very much focused on Japanese culture. Not, yeah. not a ton, but I just. Enough that you thought it was weird. Well, I, yeah. And I, 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 yeah. Not that it was weird. I just. I, I, I didn't see the connection. Right. And then Elliot told me that it was a Japanese comic book and that makes more sense. Right. But um, I was impressed that the Aikido teacher was a female. That was exciting. But I don't know why she had to wear a skirt. Yeah, that seems absurd. Also, she was an idiot. She was very unperceptive. There's a girl crying right behind her. Like literally like a foot behind her. Like... And like freaking out. And she's just like... Completely unaware. Oblivious. I it I that was just the beginning of me She's being got confused a one track mind. Um. So anyway, this guy finds the Guyver unit. What's the Regular name of the guy? guy? I don't know. It's not Guy. It's Sean. Is it Sean? Sean. Okay, Sean. Sean, you, Max, and what I thought the main girl's name was Whiskey. I think it is Whiskey. I think it's Misky. I'm gonna go but with it whiskey. It sounded like whiskey the entire movie until like the last scene. I'm for the, for the purposes of this podcast, her name is Whiskey. Okay. Excellent. Um, he finds the Guyver unit, turns into, he, cause he's bad at Aikido, he's taking Aikido lessons. Yeah, he's kind of a, a, a bumbling, uh, loser type. He seems like a nice guy, but, yeah. uh, he's got problems with bullies and kind of getting mm-hmm. pushed around in his also, life. Also, the bullies, so, the, he, the bully gang, gang of bullies he encounters is a Mexican cholo gang comprised entirely of white people and Asians. Which could be Mexican. Yeah, they say L.A. is the melting pot. Yeah, but it's like, they're like, hey, S.A., and they have like the... They don't say that. That's implied. No. But they have like, you know, like the the one flannels with the one button up top, and then like the low bandanas, you know. So it's a cholo gang that does martial arts. But has no Mexicans in it. Well, it sounds... They were pretty good at martial arts, They were very good. I wonder if they have their own special underground dojo, or if they go to uh, like a normal class. And it has to be. Well, no, because one of the bullies was in the Aikido class with Sean. And he's like, oh, I've rumbled with this guy before. No way. Yeah. Uh, so you sell drugs to pay for your Aikido, Aikido class. Lessons. That's awesome. Well, yeah. You're just assuming that they sell drugs? I think there's a reference to it, isn't there? I mean, how else do gangs make money? You are making up so much shit about this gang. <laughs> I, I okay. I, they I, didn't say essay. There's no talk of drugs. I may or may not have created a whole like backstory yeah, and some, like separate movie in my okay. head with the gang for because yeah, it was fusion gang fan. Fiction. The gang, the gang of this really fascinates me because it doesn't make any sense. So what, uh, what, uh, what, 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 
<laughs> Bravo, sir. What? How do gangs make money? They they either sell drugs. They're into like uh, racketeering or uh, protection or I mean, what else do they have their fingers in? Uh, yeah, it's that prostitution. Uh, really, gangs are into prostitution? Yeah, man. Oh. I mean, I, I assume. Yeah, there's some gangs into the prostitution. What about like a gang of brokers? That's true. I mean, I think we're, we've narrowed it down to street gangs. You guys gang. are really boxing yeah. in gangs. No, oh, don't lump me in with him. Now you're boxing me in <laughs> they'll with have, they'll have They'll have day jobs. I'm going to edit out that essay comment, <laughs> yeah. too. That, we're scrubbing that. Holy crap. Uh, pretty sure they said that. So he finds the Giver unit. In, in a dumpster. In a dumpster. In some kind of a trash heap. No. Yeah. Sorry. Where is it? I was talking oh. about something else. Is it oh. in a... Is it in a... <laughs> no. In, he finds mm. it in the box. Is it in, in a the... pizza box? No, oh, God, like I a... wish it was in a pizza box. <laughs> well, that wouldn't that be the most 90s thing ever? No, it's just, it's in a metal briefcase because the the scientist who was trying to hide oh, the guy... Right. It was in a red briefcase. It was in a red, like, plastic box. It was like a lunchbox. Yeah, a science case. Yeah. yeah. Would you just, just let me finish? Here's a switcheroo because at one point he has it in... In a silver briefcase. No. Yes. And then he swaps oh, right. it out. Yeah, and he puts it in the lunchbox. See? Now everything she says about the Zolnoy's history is suspect. You can't even remember but, what kind of briefcase it is. Well, it's not I a know, briefcase. I know. It's a lunchbox. <laughs> okay. It starts... The Guyver unit starts in a metal briefcase. You know, like one of those, like, secure... Science briefcase. Science briefcase. Then the scientist who's trying to hide it does a switcheroo, puts it in a lunchbox, puts a toaster in the metal briefcase. Classic. Bad guys get that, get pissed off that they have the toaster. That's when he then, by coincidence, finds it. Also, Sean. Sean. Also, his girlfriend, Whiskey, her dad is the scientist who is hiding the Giver unit. So it's by complete, and it's not like he gave it to him. Be like, here, Sean, protect no, us. No, he just makes poor choices poor, continuously. Yeah, and then he, by happenstance, Sean finds it. Giver unit fuses to his penis. No, 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 no. Are you are you kidding me? He hits his head on it. He hits his head on and it, and then it absor- he goes but, all over his body. But there's a, that scene where like all the little things shoot out of his groin. Wow, and I missed. That. Pull the plates back all around his like groinal area. No, it sucks back into his neck. Yes, the, the, that happens too. That's where it goes when it's done. But when it's shoot, but also shoot. There was a million little fucking like biomechanical veins that shot out of his body. But there was a bunch around his groin area. Well, it needs a lot of protection, let's, I guess. Uh, let's yeah. pump the brakes real quick. Because you mentioned they swapped the Giver unit out with a toaster, pulling the old switcheroo. Why didn't anyone try to attach Put the on. toaster and become some kind of, like, armored uh, cook? <laughs> did, I think well, did, if did that not the, occur to well, anyone? Later, later in the movie, the evil guy, the chairman of Kronos, which is the company that creates humans and creates yeah. the mutated humans. He's the Zola. He uses the Zola toaster. Dad. Yeah, Zola Dad. Later he's using the toaster and it's a faulty toaster because it, it, doesn't it even burns toast the anything. toast yeah. and it catches it on fire. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't have done anybody <laughs> any good. It wasn't even a good toaster. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, then he beats up the bullies and then there's this whole thing between Mark Hamill, who's a CIA agent who is somehow in the know about this stuff. That Yeah, that was confusing me in the beginning because at first he's so he finds the sci- the scientist okay i mean i'm just gonna say it the scientist is killed oh yeah spoil it i mean you see everybody. it in the first five minutes of the movie yeah, and yeah in case the, carries you, the plot yeah so he's killed but he's killed on the way to meet mark hamill who max yeah. he's on his way to meet max uh, max hamill 
and then Max fight he sees he's murdered and he runs towards him and then two other guys are following Mark Hamill's character and it wasn't set up at all that he was waiting to meet him with these other guys like that was just kind of confusing to me and those two other guys were always really mean to Mark Hamill's character so I didn't know if Mark Hamill was like a like he was hired by the CIA and he's not actually CIA like I don't know what their relationship was it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Also, but so, doesn't it turn out later that they're also zoonoids? Well, that's the end scene. Well, you know, I mean, whatever. Jumping ahead. Whoa. Not not well, not, not, not Max not Max Hamill. No, the the oh, other geez. guys that were working with them. Um, still doesn't make any sense. I think uh, CIA activity is supposed to be inherently confusing, so you mm-hmm. can never quite. Be on their trail. Well, is I just didn't know how that, they were working together. Well, I think that they had CIA uh, advisors on the on the movie to help with you know the CIA plot points, and they just put them in a maze of circular logic. It also doesn't, that way people don't understand how the CIA really works. It also seems like the CIA agents in the movie are also confused by what they're doing because isn't there a part where like Max is like I oh I just happened to stumble upon no he yeah he. He is talking, I think he's talking to the the daughter, yeah. And he's like, I'm just so confused and I I don't know why he was down there. What was he doing down there? But he was down, he was literally like 20 feet away from where he was coming there to meet. Like, why is he confused about why? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he was like, he was down there to meet him, to meet, like. So, yeah, why was he confused? He's like, I don't know what he was up to. I was like, oh yeah, I had an appointment in the LA River with him. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Um, there's a lot of things that don't make sense in this movie, but one of the things that doesn't make the most sense to me is the tone Maybe of. Maybe makes movie. the least sense. I mean, yeah, it makes the least sense to me. <laughs> is the tone of this movie and who this movie is geared at? Because at times it is very childlike and has very like um, goofy sound effects and like the monsters are like really like cartoony and and there's oh this... there's like um, hijinks music like yeah. Like, Looney Tunes or Scooby-Doo music, like, you know, horns, and it was very slapsticky, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of, like, like not Three Stooges moments, but, like, almost there. It's, yeah, it's just, like, this moment where it feels like it's being geared at, like, aimed at little, little kids, but then there's also, like, really bizarrely, blood like, and blood and, like... Some guy, he, like, opens someone's head and, like, pulls his brain out. Yeah, almost. and, like, it's also, like, bizarrely sexual... To me, like, the way I can just... At times, there's some sexual stuff in this. There's, like, a bunch of, like, dirty jokes between Max and Whiskey. And then there's, there's that one, like, like there's uh, the, the street worker lady who is in it at one point. The prostitute lady. There's a prostitute in the movie. Run by the gang. Uh, I don't remember I made up the part of the connection. It's, I, no, it's actually an actress playing... A prostitute because they're filming a movie within the movie and there's Whoa. a woman playing a prostitute. Oh right. Anyway, I didn't get that she was a prostitute. She, she but man, the Giver really took some risks. He did take some for, risks for for the no, not the Giver character, the movie. Oh, they both did the though. royal we. Uh, but yeah, but it has like this bizarre like little kid tone with this seedy. And I like dark kids movies, but this is not a dark kids movie. This is a seedy. It's, I, I think this movie replicates the exact movie. same tone as the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from the early 90s. I, I think they're right on par. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. But there, I, there, I will say there is a, there's 
uh, a trend in like the mid late at mid eighties to early nineties about like movies that were kind of like this that were seemed to be aimed at little kids, but it had something like. Well, not, they just what they did wholesome. is they targeted cool kids. Not I, these these nerds wearing polo shirts and slacks and whatever. These to, targeted cool to me, kids. To me, this this movie has the tone of what like a pedophile's lair would have. Like it's like you like you want to come over to my house? I got I got a bunch of toys and candy and and. Uh, I mean, the the Giver uh, suit uh, is literally the coolest toy of all time. And uh, you know all this stuff. And it's like, it's like, oh, and by the way, I'm a child blesser. At any moment, I'm expecting this movie to turn into sleepers and then for Kevin Bacon to show up and put his dick in some kid's mouth. Yeah, but to be fair, uh, in sleepers, you expected um, the kids to all find bio-boosted armor and, and I, murder Kevin Bacon with I, martial arts. I did expect that, and it didn't happen. But yeah, at least you said, that, Brad Renfro, why haven't you gotten your, your Guyver suit yet? Uh, I think that was in the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, but but that's, you know, that movie is aimed at adults, though, you know? Like, that's a definite, like, hard R. They're not, they're not trying to pass it off as a child's movie that is filled with it's true. Uh, pedophilia. Well, you know, this was 1991. It was a a more uh, maverick time. It was still the, uh, you know, the frontier days, the uh, Wild West, so to speak, in the uh, realm of cinema. Even still, I think they're pretty much pushing the limits. I also think this is a, uh, if I'm, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a direct-to-video movie where they basically could do anything they wanted to. Sure, but, but what, but once again, what is the, the target audience, you know? People who rent videos. <laughs> fellow mutants in fact the uh the one of the taglines of this movie is some mutants are more equal than others don't they say that in the movie so he was like some mutants are is that is it a good guy or a bad guy who a says bad that guy. it was the hills have eyes guy so that's so there is a there's like a supremacy tone even in the tagline of the movie we have biological supremacy right which there's this movie is oddly racist in a lot of ways Okay, um, can we talk about Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> the original Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and you know who played uh, that, that Zoonoid character? It was the dude from uh, uh, Good Times. Yeah, Dynamite. Jim, Jimmy Walker. Yeah. yeah. Well, which he says in the end. At the end, he's, yeah. yeah. Um, so, first of all... Any subject matter. Sorry. Brace yourselves. He, he raps like two, two or three times. Yeah. He, he rhymes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Zolanoid, his true form, right? Is that his true form when yes, he turns into? Yes, that's what he turns into. Um, has... It Gigantic like, lips. And it, he also, okay, he looks like a mix between Jar Jar Binks and the evil gremlin from Gremlins. Like the head evil guy. He looked in blackface. It looks He looks like a, black, a character in blackface that's also an alien. It's I, really bad. What What else happens in the Guyver? <laughs> Talk, talk about what uh, the uh, Sean, who is the Giver, yeah. eventually his girlfriend gets kidnapped and he's got to go rescue her from the uh, Zoonoids, right? Yeah. There's like two fight scenes that don't make any sense. Fight scenes always make sense. And in fact, the martial arts in this movie is pretty solid. And it gets better in the sequel even. I, okay, so I, so I think what I, when you suggested we do this movie, I watched the trailer first and i think i watched the trailer for the sequel because i was like this looks awesome yeah gyra 2 dark hero this looks awesome and then i when i actually watched 
that the original cover, I was like, I, said, I don't think this is the same movie. It wasn't as cool. No. No, um, the sequel is vastly superior. Are the, but... are the monsters better in the sequel, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I must have watched the trailer for the sequel. And that one's rated R, right? I believe so, yes. So that, makes, that one's pretty violent. So that makes sense as to like the like the weird like the, is there still a weird childlike tone to it? No, not really. There might be a couple of comedy bits, but uh, the uh, the main hero is also really intense and has a very edgy sounding voice. Isn't it David Hater? Yeah, the voice of Solid Snake from yeah, the Metal yeah. Gear Solid series. Yep, exactly. And the writer of Hulk, Angley's Hulk. Uh, I don't know about that. It is same guy. Wow. He also wrote X, X-Men, and X2. Wow, that's some mind-blowing trivia. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looks like that dude from... What's that movie that I don't like? Clerks. Oh. He, he looks like the one who works in the uh, convenience store, not the video store guy. Hmm. At least today he does. I don't know I don't know what he did, how he looked back then. He was young and had a a jawline that was cut out of stone. But unfortunately, he doesn't appear in this movie. No, we just get uh, Max Hamill. Yeah, it's the weenie. Which, this was also only eight years after Return of the Jedi. So he went from being like the biggest like science fiction movie of all time to an even bigger science fiction movie. Yeah, he's uh, had some strange career moves. What did you think of the the effects overall, though? I really like the the monster suits. The design of the Giver is incredibly spot on, the, and the transformation sequences. The uh, design of the Giver's cool. There is some. Uh, the, there some of the monster effects are really cool when it, the thing is not moving. Whenever they're moving or doing stuff, it looks very like much. Like a foam suit. Like a foam suit. Yeah. Uh, when Mark Hamill gets turned into a cockroach at the that end. That's incredible. That is fantastic. That was like a fly. Yeah. Head. That was really good. Um, but overall, yeah, for like a movie directed by two special effects artists, I was a little disappointed in the effects. I kind of feel like that's a thing that happens though. A lot of times when special effects artists make their own movies, the effects aren't always up the snuff. Yeah, well, I think it's a... Uh that's born out of them you know having to devote the time to directing and they probably take on like a leadership role with the effects but mm -hmm. you know they hand it off to their uh probably their their younger team members and kind of give them the ball well, also what kind of makes me wonder is like maybe they just don't know how to film special effects maybe like when you in movies when you see awesome special practical effects maybe it just like the raw footage would look kind of crappy too but the director just knows how to like. What you're saying is the Giver is an extended piece of test footage for makeup effects. Yeah. Well, and the transformation scenes were all done behind like a post or a wall, like in scene trans. Like they would be humans, and then be like, "Let's do this," and walk behind a post, and then out of the post, their clothes are ripped off, and they've already transformed. Yeah. So there weren't very many transformation scenes. They just saved it all for the Mark Hamill one. Yeah, probably yeah. due to the low budget, I would imagine. Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, I was overall, I was a little disappointed. I don't think that the Giver suit was impressive. Even when it like, fused to his groin? I think the parts where it was coming out of his body to su surround him, and even the one where he like declared, I am the Giver, and they all came out on the sides of him and zoomed in, that was cool. He but says, the suit itself wasn't very cool because... In the beginning, they're talking about the Giver, um, 
and Mark Hamill's character declares that it's the most dangerous technology since the atom bomb. Right. And this was before you'd ever seen the suit, so I was expecting something absolutely amazing, and it wasn't. Also, when they say it's the, the most... The coolest thing that it could do was shoot... Like, it had a knife come out of your elbow. That's it. It didn't do anything else. Also, when they said it was the most dangerous weapon since the atom bomb, wasn't the Giver unit built, like, millions of years ago? It would have been lost? No. The guy, the scientist that was killed in the beginning created it. I thought he had just found it. No. He created it. That's why they wanted the daughter in uh. case she had any more information about it. Well, see, the Giver unit is so dangerous because it's such a divisive topic. That's I... the real danger of the Giver suit. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there's, this is a, um, uh, Another flaw in the movie of logic flaw in the movie because at one point they say the Giver unit is really old. I don't remember that. It's in the opening of Scrawl. Well, maybe the technology is really old, and but this, this is scientist a new found out how to how to harness well, it. Well, so then even still, it wouldn't be it would be the either way. Then it would be the atom bomb is the most dangerous weapon since the Giver unit because it was invented before the atomic bomb. It's my, that's my point. But this says it's, they said it was the most dangerous technology since the atom bomb. Right. I'm saying it should be the reverse. Right. So, well, that's not the way it is. I mean, that's how they set it up in the movie. And I I did fast forward through some parts <laughs> this oh, morning. Little... No, I only fast forwarded through fight scenes because I wanted to make sure. I mean, I didn't fast forward through the whole fight scene, but I wanted to make sure that there wasn't any part of the suit that could do anything incredible because all it did was make it so this guy could flip actually there was there's two two things incredible that i can think of that it, that it did in addition to making him flip and actually when i said two things i meant one thing is that the suit has the power of resurrection because the suit kills he gets killed and then they take the suit, and when they try to use it themselves, he is reborn again within the Giver. Yeah, that's true. So that is what that is what makes it the ultimate weapon, is because he's essentially indestructible. I mean, it's great to be indestructible, but if you can't do anything great except uh, for flips, flips. yeah. Well, but he also beat up like eleven monsters. Keep in mind too. Yeah, that those monsters weren't even that amazing. What about the dragon monster at the end? He stabbed him in the eye. He got he 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 lucked out in a lot of he just was like, you know, like sliding under people and like moving around really fast. It wasn't like he was Oh, I mean get, cut cut Sean some slack. He was horrible at Aikido. He had never used It's the, not Sean though, it's the Giver. Well that's Which he's he said, in that he, suit. He says that like eight times, like I am the Giver, like yeah. eight times. Yeah, it's important to remember he's just now received the Giver unit and mm -hmm. hasn't been with it that long. So it's like when you get a new car, you're not quite sure like Oh, I can do air conditioning, but I didn't know that I had, like, you know, heated butt warmers or, like, you know, suicide doors or like whatever. Like, he just needs to spend more time getting to know the Giver and letting the Giver get to know him. And then eventually they'll be able to blow up entire planets, which is really the point. Does that happen in... The whole purpose of the Giver is in to just blow up planets from space. Does that happen in Giver 2? Yeah, he's continent? able to open his chest and fire a, a beam of energy and that's... I mean, it vaporizes... Wait, that happens in the first one, doesn't it? Yeah, but it gets much stronger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, does he vaporize a world? No. Oh. That's just... But he could if you want. My to. fantasy is watching the Giver blow up planets. He's like a human Death Star. Yeah. Full circle back to Max Hamill. 
This is a prequel to Star Wars. Mm. I think this is a prequel to Body Parts. Even though he doesn't make it. What? That Mark Hamill's character. Doesn't make what? He dies, doesn't he? Doesn't he just turns into a cockroach? Is he permanently a cockroach? cockroach. Okay, so he turns into a cockroach, he's permanently a cockroach. Have you ever heard that fan theory about how Star Wars is a metaphor for a space bug culture? No. I don't. Look it up. Read no. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Nope. Mark Hamill gets turned into a space bug. MacGyver is the Death Star. This is the prequel to Star Wars. That sounds like nightmare reading. The day I read Star Wars fan theories is the day I go deep in the cold, cold ground. There were a lot of screen wipes in this movie. Oh, Just yeah. like in Star Wars. Yeah, that's what I was implying. And I was re-emphasizing. Re- just a uh, cooler jets there. Okay. A little touchy today. Um. <laughs> anyway. So then what, uh, how does this all wrap up? So Mark Hamill's a cockroach. Sean is the Giver. Uh, the Zoonoids get their asses handed to them. And then, yeah, that's about, that's about it. And then he uh, gets to make out with whiskey. And then he's just going to be the Giver. The Giver, yeah. Is he going to, is his plan to fight crime or like help underprivileged kids? I think, or I think what's most, he going to do with the Giver unit? I think he's just going to go beat up those bullies. Is he hunting Zoonoids? Or, the, or is that, was that everybody? No, because remember at the end, there's one, there's a, the racist Zoonoid is left, and then there's like the two CIA agents. You find out that they are somehow working for the Zoonoids or part Zoonoid themselves. So the Zoonoid network is vast and global, and he's probably got some more housekeeping to do. Well, it could just be that one Zoonoid. I don't know. Hmm. But there is, there is at least a Zoonoid he's got to contend with left. And who knows what those bullies are up to. Well, Francis, is there anything else you want to say about the Giver? I, I mean, I, I didn't care about any character. No, definitely movie. not at all. I thought the effects were pretty cool. Um, it didn't it it didn't really make any sense to me. No. Would you recommend someone watch the guy? I would recommend watching the monster scenes. And oh. if you like Power Rangers, I'm sure you'd like this movie. So if yeah, so if there's just a supercut of the monster scenes, then yeah, the Mark Hamill transformation is probably the best though. I would definitely recommend it for the monster scenes and for Mark Hamill has a has Mark Hamill has, or Max Hamill. Pardon me, has a lot of good uh, good lines, such as oh, there are some really great one liners in this. There's like bad place for a mirror, which you kind of have to see it in the context of the movie, but that's a that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Someone says, "I thought checkout time was 11. When they're in a fight, and it again context. Are they at a really hotel funny. or like a grocery store? No, or what? they're in an alley, of course. This whole movie takes place in an alley. <laughs> All right, just one alley. <laughs> one alley, and one alley, and two warehouses, and that's it. Excellent. At one point, the daughter whose whose father was killed, um, she says that she she's crying, and she says, "I feel numb, or I could scream," and I that kind of told me that the writers of this movie didn't really understand emotion. It just seemed confusing. I I don't understand. Like, how can you be numb if you're crying? Right? You wouldn't feel yeah. any emotion. Right. Didn't I, that just stood out to me? I didn't. I was confused. I mean, the complexities of of uh, zoonoid. Uh, she wasn't a zoonoid. She was the daughter of a zoonoid. Yes, she was. Her dad was the scientist who was a zoonoid. Oh. 
So she actually may have been 100% Zonoid and just didn't even know it. Oh, you keep. Yeah, let me just uh, clarify. This is not an anti-Zonoid show in any way, shape, or form. So if there's any Zonoids out there or oh. splinter fragments of the Kronos Corporation still exist, please do not send your Doom Squad after us. I, I, I don't want to see that guy. Get out of my studio. Goodbye, folks. Sorry, we got to start over. forgot about Francis. <laughs> no, I'm just going to start the whole thing over. Sorry. Wait, wait, I got it. I'll say this.